So on this episode of the Fit to Lead podcast, I am super excited to have Kathleen Trotter, a fitness expert and author of Finding Your Fit. Let me make sure I got, yes, Finding Your Fit. I want to make sure I got the title right. That would be bad. So Kathleen, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to have you. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. I love listening to your podcast. You have such great energy. Um, and really what I am is an all around fitness enthusiast who has not always been. Um, so any opportunity I get to spread the word of how you don't have to be fit to start, you know, you don't have to be great to start, but you do have to start to get great and that your fitness taste and palate can change and you can start to crave movement and how much better you feel when you do move. Like any opportunity I have to, to talk about any of that, that you can find your fit. Um, I, I'm excited. I love it. I love it. So I would love to hear a little bit about your journey because I'm also a lifelong fitness enthusiast and um, I would just kind of love to hear, you know, the path that kind of led you to where you are today. Yeah. So what I would say is I'm absolutely not a lifelong fitness enthusiast, but for the rest of my life going forward, I will be. Um, so I am about 40. And for the first half of my life, I was quite overweight um, and I would scream and run away. Um, sort of both metaphorically, but also actually in reality from exercise, you know, I like didn't want to do gym. I didn't want to do baseball. My mom tried everything like ballet and, you know, basketball. And, you know, I was sort of six feet, I, well, I am six feet tall and I just used to be so awkward in my own skin. And, but, and I also like, I used to like sneak food and lie. And so I really, really was not the poster child for health and wellness growing up. I mean, I was a great kid. I'm not, you know, but I would quote Shakespeare, uh, not go for a walk, you know, and uh, that didn't ingratiate me with the other children. I moved around a lot. And anyway, the point is, is that I think sometimes people look at us fitness professionals and think, oh, they were born fit. They were born motivated. And if I wasn't born fit and I wasn't born motivated, then why even try? What's the point? And so my message for people today, if you get anything from, from, the, from the conversation is that, you know, you just have to start because it doesn't matter how, what you were born into or how you spent the last 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years of your life. Like now is the day that it can all sort of start to change, start to evolve. Um, so when I was late teens, my mom said to me, like, listen, Kathleen, we have to find a solution. One of her big things as a parent was always this mantra of there's always a solution. And she said that, you know, movement has to be a non-negotiable, but how you move is up to you. And that's something I now talk about with all my clients, right? Like you have to find, find your fit. The name of the book really was um, what happened to me. My mom helped me find my fit. So she got me a membership to the YMCA uh, because the demographic was sort of like over 40 and under four um, or under five, you know, like young or old. And I always felt more comfortable with people who were older than me. My mom was a single mom and she's an actress. So I'd be going to the theater with her and spending time with older adults. And so I was very comfortable with that and very not comfortable with people my own age. So she was really smart. She said, instead of trying to get you to be active with your peers, which what is what she had tried up until then, she said, let's just do something where you're not sort of comparing yourself. Um, and as Brené Brown would say, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. Um, and so we got me to the YMCA and I started by like walking for 10 minutes and then I walked for 20 and then I, you know, 20, 30, and then I did some weight training and I did some biking and then I started taking some aerobics classes and then they were like, oh, you're taking so many. Do you want to learn how to teach them? And then I started teaching them. And then that was a great way to make some money doing some teaching of that. So I started doing that in more gyms. And then I was like, oh, maybe I should become a personal trainer, mostly again, to like make some money I put myself through school. I always thought I was going to be a lawyer. Um, and then it was a very slow evolution. Like there wasn't like one moment where I was like, oh, this is who I am. I am a fitness person. It's more like it was a great part-time job being a personal trainer. 
And I did my undergrad kinesiology. And then I was like, okay, I'm not really quite ready to go to law school. So I'll take a year of Pilates training. And then, you know, I had enough clients who said to me, like, why are you giving this up? You're good at this. And we, you know, we can see that you find joy in this. Um, and I sort of thought, yeah, like, why am I giving this up for some crazy notion that being a lawyer is like, a, you know, the one, one of the five jobs that you can be like a lawyer, a teacher, you know, and to be fair to yeah. me, this was 20 years ago and personal training wasn't the thing it is now. Like it yeah. wasn't that sort of career and growing up with a single mom, not a lot of money. Like she really stressed the idea of get a good education, get a good, really steady job, like be a teacher, be a lawyer, be a doctor. So it was, you know, a little bit scary, yeah. um, but I'm so happy that I did it. And I love working with people now and, and helping them find their fit and, and finding um, what works for them, right? And, and getting rid of the, well, you should do this, you know, and getting like shoulds, you know, shoulds are the kiss of death, right? So, so we yes. have to stop shitting ourselves and we have to find <laughs> what works for us, right? Yeah. What's sustainable. So I don't know, does any of that land? Yes, for yes. You? It's so funny because it's like, I feel like we had very similar paths. I did the same thing. I taught aerobics in, in college. I was kind of always obsessed with my dad's muscle fitness magazines. and oh was very much amazing. Into- wanted to like do bodybuilding. And it wasn't until I was, gosh, almost 40 that I started competing. Um, So it's funny how you get drawn to it and then kind of sucked into it. And it's like, oh, this is a passion that you didn't really realize. Yeah, that you didn't know. Well, and that's the brilliance of life is that, you know, with some curiosity, we can all change. And where we are now, it's so easy to think like whatever I'm doing now is what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life and to underestimate how much, you know, I think What's that phrase? Like we overestimate what we can do in a day, but we underestimate what we can do in a year or two years or three years. And I really think that that is quite true. Yeah. Um, and we we don't sort of see, well, okay, well, if I start walking today, we think, well, it's too, like walking, that's not enough. Like 10 minutes of walking, what'll that do? Yeah, but like consistently do that enough times. And it really adds up. I, um, I saw in your podcast, I was listening to some of your book reviews. So I know that you're a reader. One of the books I love is this, is James Clear's Atomic mm, Habits. And yes. he really talks about, you know, our fitness is our lagging measure of the fitness choices we've made over, you know, the last years Our you know, our bank account is the lagging measure of how much money we've spent, right? Like, and I think the problem is, is that we have to find ways to put ourselves five years down the road and think, okay, what do I have to do now that will lead me to where I want to be in five years or in 10 years, and then kind of work backwards versus getting stuck in where I am now. Cause it's easy to think, Oh, what does it matter if I have a salad or fries? And like, honestly, yeah. does it matter once? No. If you want to have some, you know, really lovely fries once in a while, like go for it. But if you are always picking the fries and never picking the salad over time, that really does make a big difference. Yeah. Um, totally. So I'm, I'm a big believer in those small changes that sort of add up and yes. build to that sort of healthier version of you, but it's, it has yeah. to be consistent, right? Like yeah. you can't do yeah. it one and, day. And it's, and it's progress on perfection. It's not about eating. Oh my God. Yes. Progress. Right? Not, it's not eating perfectly every single day. It's, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, making the right choices and being consistent in picking the healthier choices more often than not. More often. Exactly. And yeah. when you do fall and when you make a choice that maybe doesn't serve you, instead of letting that spiral you down the rabbit hole of like, oh, well, I had one glass of wine that I wasn't going to drink. So I might as well have three. And then I might as well have five. And then I might as well also have chocolate cake, right? That negative spiral um, instead of saying like, okay, how do I course correct as quickly as Mm -hmm. possible? And then how do I learn from that decision, right? So, okay, it was three o'clock and I had a bunch of sugar. Was that because I didn't have enough protein at lunch? Or was that because I was really stressed? Or was that because I was really sad? Or was that because I didn't meal prep? Or as opposed to being like, oh, I had all this sugar. Oh my God, I must be a bad person. And like all that shame, because that just leads to bad, more choices that don't serve you, right? So like, I'm a failure. Yeah, exactly. And then if you feel like you're a failure, it's like, well, you feel like, well, I might as well make more choices that make me a fit, right? 
So I'm a big, I say to my clients, like the idea is when you fall off the fitness horse, because it's going to happen, you course correct as quickly as possible and you come back a more informed rider. So you get back on, but you get back on with that data of like, what did I learn? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, my favorite metaphor, which I probably use on this podcast a million times is I always say to my clients, you know, if you got a flat tire, would you slash the other four? or other three yes. it's like no you'd fix the one and and go on your way okay I think we might just be like twins because yeah. what I say to my clients it's so similar what I say to my clients is like if a little bit of mustard like spilled on your shirt you wouldn't take the mustard bottle and like pour it over your head and be like oh I'm gonna bathe in mustard right yeah you would say oh let me wash off this mustard but for whatever reason with health it's like oh well I've already missed one workout I might as well yeah. miss another oh I've yeah. already you know made this choice that doesn't serve me well I might as well make another choice that doesn't serve me um and it's just so un help but we get in our own way so much with this desire yes. to be perfect and with this desire with this feeling of like well if I'm not perfect I'm a failure and if I'm a failure I might as well just you know put my head underneath the covers and and, and just stay there exactly uh, exactly so not do, helpful do you have any advice in terms of and I know um a lot of people struggle with staying in that right mindset and staying motivated mm -hmm. right because you can't I would say I can't create motivation for my clients like it has to come mm -hmm. from somewhere so any advice yes. that you have around that Oh, that's a great question. I think um, one of my clients, he's a doctor, um, a therapist, and he always says to me, Kathleen, like mental health is a full-time job. And so I say that in the way that you have to understand that motivation is not something that you sort of like get and then you keep for the rest of your life. Like it's not something that you figure out and then it's like, oh, I get to put that away and not have to think about it again. Um, our mindset and how we think about things and how we talk to ourselves is something that you're going to deal with, luckily, for the rest of your life, because that means you're alive, right? So that would be the first thing I would say, that it's not something you figure out and then you're like, okay, done with that. Um, but the second thing I would really say is I actually don't necessarily believe... <laughs> I don't love the idea of motivation. What I like, so if you're motivated for sure, use it and do something with it and use it to plan, you know, for future workouts and set up systems that save you from your future self. But the problem is, is too many of us wait for motivation. And if we think if we're not motivated, well, I'm not going to do anything. And mm -hmm. I want everybody listening to know there are lots of days that I'm not motivated, not motivated to go to work, not motivated to do a workout, not like all of these things. Mm -hmm. um, but I have systems that ha are set up that keep me accountable. And I also know that it doesn't matter if I'm motivated, right? Like if I woke yes. up and didn't want to go to work, I wouldn't be like, oh, well, oh, I'm just going to call in sick today and tomorrow and the next day. Like, you know, yeah. in most things in life, like if your kid needs to go to school, you don't think, oh, I'm not motivated to drive my kid to school. Like you think, okay, well, I got to, you know, we have, I have a dog. Um, her name is Olive, little Corgi. And I don't think, well, I'm not motivated to take her out to the bathroom. Like, it's like, no, no, she has to go yeah. to the bathroom. Whether I want to stay in bed or not, she has to go. Yeah, uh, And that's the point that you sort of have to get to with your health. But I think to get there, you have to reframe the expectation that you're always going to be motivated. Like, yeah. I think people have a day where they're, okay, so I'll give you an example. January 1st, you're like, I'm so motivated. I'm going to be so fit. I'm going to lose 20 pounds. And then, you know, four or five days into it, you're, you wake up and you're not motivated. And you think, oh, well, I must be destined to be a failure. I'm not going to lose the weight. As opposed to thinking, oh, well, this is normal. Kathleen told me I was going to have a day where I wasn't motivated. What am I going to do? now. Okay. Well, I'm going to get up because I know I'll feel better if I move. I'm going to get up and, and go for a walk because that is what I said I was going to do. I'm going to get up and go for a walk because I owe that to myself. And this is a gift to me. Like you have to just be accountable to yourself and show up um, and know yourself enough to know that if you aren't like if something is going to be hard for you, then you have to find ways to set yourself up for success, right? You have to find that accountability buddy. You have to find a group class that you can do. You have to find something that you pay for so you show up because of the money. 
Um, you have to find ways to journal, like whatever it is, if you know that you've done this for the last 40 years, get really motivated, set up a bunch of goals and then not follow through. It's like, okay, you created the goals when your motivation was really high, but motivation is akin to an emotion that comes and goes. You don't expect to always be angry or always be sad or always be happy. Like you expect to vacillate, right? Emotions yeah. come, they go. So you deal with the emotion that you're in and you make the healthy choice anyway, right? Like, again, you might be, I'm not a parent, but I trained so many parents and I know that they would never, ever, ever, ever not pack a snack for their kid, right? right. They would expect, in, they'd be like, okay, my child is going to, needs lunch at school or, or needs a snack or is going to be hungry after soccer practice, right? So they plan in advance, not because they're motivated to do that, but because right. that is just what they do. But then I, then I will say to them, okay, so, you know, what happened at three o'clock? And they're like, oh, well, I was starving and I didn't have a healthy snack. And I'm like, okay, so you got to parent yourself, right? right. You got to like give yourself set yourself up for success in the way that your kids would. So I don't know, it's a lot of information and, in you know, sort of verbal diarrhea at all about motivation, but I do think it's, it's, it's hard for everybody. It's yeah. work and you got to have that expectation and you got to be kind to yourself and have as many systems in place yeah. that just keep you on your path, even when you're not motivated. Yeah. And I think it goes back to what you, you were even saying about, you know, atomic habits that when you make yes. it a habit, it's less, you almost overthink it. Right. So, yeah. you know, brushing well, it's your automated, teeth. it's habitual. Yeah. Like, you just do it. Like, you don't, you don't yeah. think about it anymore. Like yeah. brushing your teeth. You don't really think, Oh, today I don't feel like brushing my teeth. Yeah, exactly. Just do it. Like every day. Yeah, it's just a part of the I, fabric of your life. Yeah. Like people are always like, well, how do you get up every morning and work out? And I'm like, well, it's to the point where it would feel like I wasn't brushing my teeth. Like I just Absolutely. get up and do it. I don't think mm -hmm. like, Oh, today I'm not motivated. And, and to your point, there's days I can't wait to work out. And there's other days that I'm like, I can think of better things to do right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but you do it anyway. Yeah, but you do yeah. it anyway. Just like yeah. you're brushing your teeth. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just do it. And I think the trick to remember though is that in order for something to be habitual, which is what a habit is, right? It doesn't take a lot of cognitive energy. It just sort of happens. You need an on-ramp to that. So you habitually brush your teeth because when you were a kid, your parents said to you, day after day. No, you are not allowed to go to the bed before you brush your teeth. So again, we go back to parenting yourself. If you want to create a habit, you have to create an environment that supports that habit. But you also have to just say to yourself that it's going to take some intentional work and effort at the beginning. And then yeah. once it's a habit, then it's not as much work. But I think people they misunderstand that. They sort of think, oh, well, habits should be easy. Habits are, you know, it makes health easy. It's like, yeah, it does. But you got to have the on-ramp to establish that habit. Mm -hmm. And establishing the habit takes work. It takes intention. It takes effort. And you yeah. can't bypass that. Um, yeah. It's just a lot of our habits are things that we've learned since childhood. And our parents were the ones that gave us that intentional on-ramp. Yeah. Um, and if you don't have those habits from childhood, then it's your responsibility as an adult to do that for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. So um, I know you mentioned Atomic Habits. Any other books and podcasts that you recommend when it comes to health and fitness? Oh, yes. I This is like a topic I could go for like 5 million hours. So I have a bunch of book reviews on my website um, that you can go to. But some of my favorites are I love uh, Carol Dweck Mindset. So that's all mm -hmm. about the idea of a growth mindset of saying, I don't know how to do that yet. Um, you know, But showing you that you can progress, you can learn. That's all about progress, not perfection. Yeah. Uh, it, honestly, like a fantastic book. It changed the paradigm of how I looked at the world. Um, I love any of books by Brené Brown, uh, Gifts of Imperfection. You did the book review you did was Darren Greatly. So any of that that just uh, teaches you how to be a little bit kinder to yourself while also mm -hmm. keeping you accountable. Um, I loved Atomic Habits um, and podcasts. I really like Brené Brown. She actually has two podcasts that are fantastic. 
Um, and I really like, there's a podcast called 10% Happier, mm, um, yeah. which is a lot about mindset. And it's by um, Dan Harris, who does the podcast. He wrote a book called 10% Happier. So I would also recommend that book, nice. but it, his podcast comes out twice a week, Monday and Wednesday. Well, there's also a shorter one on the Friday, like a meditation, but I like get excited to wake up in the morning to like listen to 10% Happier. So, mm. and it's fabulous. It's everything from very like Buddhist down the rabbit hole of that but also like Brené Brown stuff so it, it really runs the gam gamut of everything from sort of meditation to uh, yoga to awareness to talking about anxiety it's 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 a fantastic podcast so yeah Ooh, I'm gonna have be, to check that one out yeah I really 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 like it awesome all right and what is your favorite life hack oh I was thinking about this and you know there's so many like you know mantras something's always better than nothing um, there's, I use my 10, 10 minute rule with, with clients. So if you don't want to work out, you have to make yourself work out for 10 minutes and you say, I can stop when I'm done. Um, but you know, once you've done 10 minutes, like you continue and you do 20 and then you're like, oh, I might as well just finish the workout. So I really, that's a big one. Um, but I think my favorite, favorite one, and I'm only saying this because it's actually really challenging for me. So I like to say it out loud. So everyone listening is sort of an accountability, accountability buddy for me, but so there's a podcast in the book called The One Thing, and they talk about this idea of looking at your year and planning a time, like time for vacation, uh, time for planning and time for what they call your one thing. And it's basically the idea of what we would say to clients of like, look at your week, schedule in your workout, schedule in like how you're going to eat. Um, and I'm really good at advanced planning for workouts and advanced planning for meal prep. But for whatever reason, I suck at advanced planning for vacation. And then I get burnt out, I get exhausted. And I will say to James, my partner, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so tired, blah, blah, blah. And it's partly a wonderful problem of privilege because I love work. So I'm like, oh, I love seeing clients. I love so I... I'm saying to you and all my accountability buddies listening that I'm really trying and I'm making huge progress uh, at the beginning of sort of in July, looking at August and figuring out my time off in August, looking at September, because I like to give my clients like a month advance notice yeah. um, and just a little bit. It's like, even if it's a day here or a day there, but we can't, we get one precious life. And, mm -hmm. you know, part of having a balanced, healthy life is time off and yeah. time to reset and time to listen to podcasts and read good books and be with friends and family. And yeah. so, yeah. So life hack, look at your schedule in advance and plan either your workout, well, plan your workouts, plan your food, but plan your vacation, plan your time that. off. And yeah. That's so important. I love that one. Okay. And so as we wrap up, I would love for you to share where people can find you, connect with you, you know, what your website is, all the things. So my website is KathleenTrotter.com. And depending on when people listen to this, I'm doing a big revamp of the website in September, uh, 2022. So that's super exciting. It's been an, a year in the work. So I'm like, ah, um, and um, then I'm fit by Kathleen T on all the socials. So Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff. And I love hearing from people. So as you can yeah. tell, hopefully I'm very enthusiastic about this topic. So if you have questions, comments, concerns, if you thought something I said was wrong or right or whatever, you know, get hold of me and I'd, I'd love to chat. Perfect. And I will put everything in the show notes to make it super simple, but I want to thank you so, so much. I love your energy. You're like a perfect fit for the Fit to Lead it podcast. Was, it was wonderful. Uh, so thank you so much. And we will chat again soon. I am excited to share with you a new small coaching group that I'm offering this fall. It's called the Mindful Eating Mentorship, and it's an eight-week 
course that with less focus on tracking macros, which I'm totally all about, but more focus on creating a better relationship with food. I'm going to limit the number of people who join. So this will be a nice, exclusive, small group. So if you're interested in learning when the door is open, join the waitlist. The link is in the show notes. There's no obligation and you'll be the first to know when the group launches. Hope to see you there.